0: Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed interview podcast of all time. Welcome to the Prince of Fresh Air. This is your host, the most charismatic man in entertainment, with a special guest today. That's why you wonder who he is. Well, don't worry because I'm going to introduce him. He is a certified personal trainer, straight out of Washington State, and a corrective exercise specialist. I know, I know, I know what you're thinking, <laughs> but welcome. My man, Chris Rabido, How you doing, man?
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I'm feeling good, man. Good vibes, good energy. It's, you know, it's March, so spring's right around the corner. So can't be nothing but happy.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm still living American Broke Dream. So, I mean, what can we ask for at this point, you know? (laughs) Facts. I feel you there. (laughs) Man, so we got a lot of, uh, you know, topics we want to talk about, especially in the health industry. Um, You know, we talked a little bit uh, off-camera, about, um, you know, the fitness industry and the problems that we're running into with Instagram and YouTube, you know, the, the fitness influencers, right? Everybody think they're influencers. So before we get into that, uh, how did you get into personal training and, you know, the corrective exercise therapy? How, how did you get involved with
1: that? Well, I think for me, man, it really started with sports. So I've been playing sports ever since I was a little kid. Um, you know, really started with football as kind of like an outlet, uh, just for some things that was going on in my past. And I was able to kind of use that. And I just fell in love with the game of football, played it ever since I was like 10 years old, up until I was in college. Um, When I got to college, it just didn't work out. But it was like, you know, at the time, football was a huge piece of my identity. And it was kind of in a situation where I was working out consistently 24 seven. And I just fell in love with working out just to work out and I became a power lifter, And I was like, oh, man, this is incredible. And I saw the impact that it had on a lot of people outside of me who just worked out for fun, like a lot of people whose lives it was changing. And I was seeing the people who were personal trainers who I was surrounding myself with and the impact that they were having. Dear friend, mentor of mine, Brandon Blaine up here, very local. He brought me into the fitness industry and I saw the impact he made. And he was one of the first people I looked at even before I was in college. And I said, man, the impact that he has just by helping people work out, I want to be like him. So that's when I really made the decision to get certified. Um, and that was just a crazy experience too. That was my first time being in commercial gyms. Um, you know, that really kind of exposed the good and the bad of some things that I've realized and that I've learned, especially when it comes to like social media and the influencers and just who people are paying attention to and what people expect when it comes to that. And especially the people who are in this field, who other people's healths and lives are on the line. And I saw a lot of people who played it like it was a game or like they did it for some sort of like gratification from others when they didn't really know jack about jack if you know what I mean so I got certified and at that point I realized once I got certified that it was vital for me to continue my education and continue to grow on that knowledge so that's when I did get my corrective exercise specialization and you know to this day I'm still always I love watching podcasts uh, listening to videos, listening to other health professionals talk in the industry, just to continue to up my game, um, so I can really be a standout in this field. Not that it's like very, not that it's like super competitive in a negative or a toxic kind of way. I just always want to be the best at what I do.
0: Right. Oh, that's perfect. That sums it up. So basically what you're saying is if you're trying to get that hot body 2021, you are the man to go to. So. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: hey, I'm not, I'm not one to brag. I'm not one to be too egotistical, but I mean, my, my clients speak for themselves. My results speak for themselves.
0: Oh, that, that's what it's all about. It's all about the results. And let me ask you something, you know, before we get right into the, the controversy um, you know, this, is something I'm sure everybody thinks about why is personal training so damn expensive, man? What, what oh, the hell? man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think a lot of people look at it from the corporate gym standpoint. Um, and this is one of the things I didn't really like about corporate gyms is like they, if you go to a corporate gym versus like someone who has their own studio or someone who does like virtual training, you'll see the difference. And it hurt me as someone who ended up being in management at um, a big corporate gym here at seeing that, we're charging people $100 per session. And our trainers are making $6 of that $100 a session. Wow! I know. And that's the thing. I think that's where a lot of people kind of look at it and see it. But also at the end of the day, too, it is if you do decide to get a personal trainer, you do want to be careful because, you know, it's not super cheap. I understand that. Um, And with that, you want to make sure that the person you are investing in Is going to get you the results. That's why a lot, oftentimes, personal trainers, the ones I work with, I encourage them to, hey, have free two minute free two meetings, just so you can get that vibe, see if you're a good fit, so you can make the best decision.
0: Right. You know, you know what always struck me? Um, You know, one of the gyms I go to, it's been closed because of the pandemic, but Mm -hmm. I was looking at the trainers and I know we, we're we shifting, you know, the, the days of the skinny, you know, six pack washboard abs. It's kind of gone. You know, you've seen a little more, you know, different sizes. Right. But Absolutely. I was looking at some of the personal trainers and a lot of them didn't even look like a trainer. Like they look like, a, you know, they eat chips on the couch right. and and not to be, a, you know, offensive or anything, but it shouldn't a personal trainer look the part. Or maybe I'm just putting too much stock. No, nah,
1: nah. I, I, I agree with you saying it's like <clears throat> you don't you want to make sure they're practicing what they preach at the end of the day. That's the biggest thing. Um, and, you know, that's been a kind of a big thing that I've seen as well. Uh, it's always two sides of the spectrum. So I have worked with those trainers who don't know anything about working out. And you can visually tell it. And again, it's not disrespect. I mean, it just is what it is. Like, I want to make sure my person knows what they're doing. So you kind of have to have the best of both worlds because at the other side of the spectrum, you do got those people who's got those 20-inch arms, flat stomach, who don't really know. Like, just because they have awesome genetics, they think they know what they're doing. But then you do have people on the other side of the spectrum. So it is kind of that balance. Um, But I do think if you are intentionally not paying attention to your own health, then you're not going to be successful. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to do what you're going to do, but you're not going to be successful getting clients. And when I was in management, that's what I told my people all the time. Like I really tried to implement stuff like team workouts or creating my own workout programs for my trainers to make sure that, Hey, you need to be on top of your game. Just like your client. That's I'm going to push you just like you're pushing your clients.
0: Right. And I think that's important. So, you know, with that, let's, let's go right into the controversy. So one of the things you talked about was knowledge, right? And key. Now, we live in society now where we talk about YouTubers and Instagrammers who become influencers. And mm-hmm. the, the problem we're seeing is a lack of education and a lack of just basic formality about, you know, health. You know, AthleanX, I'm sure everybody knows who uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Cavalier is. He's, he's one of the very few people actually watched or still watch because he breaks down everything, you know, down to the science, like he says. But now you're seeing influencers, a lot of them don't even look the part, like I said before, but they give you false information. Like you stand on a medicine ball and do bicep curls. And <laughs> I, I mean, it's ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. Everybody thinks they're influencer. And, you know, especially with this body pos- positivity movement that we're seeing, it, it's becoming so infiltrated, you know, especially with the supplement market. You know, everybody's pushing a supplement line that isn't tested or is telling you, Oh, you'll get a flat stomach in seven days when we all know you can't just take a supplement and that, that, that beer belly is going to just shrink down to, you know, the size of Chris Hemsworth stomach. So, (laughs) you know, since you are in uh, the health industry, you know, personal Mm -hmm. training, um, what do you feel about the current state of fitness?
1: Oh man. Um, to be honest, I think exactly what you talked about. And I do want to get to that body positivity thing because that's a huge thing all over oh, social yeah. media. We got to get into that. Um, but to be honest, if you really want to go back and want to get a history lesson, it started with corporate gyms. Um, Back in early, you know, I would say probably the 80s and 90s. That's what those gyms marketed off of was, hey, we'll get you the results faster than this gym or we'll get you the results faster than this trainer. That's what it was really based upon. And then as time went on, we began to see a generation that glorified instant gratification. That's the key thing right there. So, and with social media and the digital age and what we're in right now, information is flying faster than we've ever seen before. And it's continuing to develop. And I'm not going to make it this like a super techie subject, but that does play a huge role into it because that's where a lot of people get their information. So with this growing speed of information and the growing amount of knowledge that's our quote unquote knowledge that's on social media people especially in my age because i'm still gen z people my age they don't really do the due diligence to actually fact check something they have the ability to take all this information and then kind of filter it to what they want to hear and i think that's filtered throughout previous generations to millennials to gen x all the way down there and i think Now it's kind of hard to um, kind of recondition people, especially that people that I've worked with to recondition their brains to say, the the metaphor I like to use is, hey, in the same amount of time that you can get it is the same amount of time that you can lose it. Right. Meaning that if you lost 20 pounds in a month, most likely you can gain that 20 pounds pretty quickly as opposed to if you're really focusing on the composition shift there. So when it comes to the instant gratification and this whole speed, and I do agree supplementation does play a huge role into it. It's just, it's really just a matter of today, what people choose to market. And that is a huge thing too. Um, Before I was in fitness, I was actually, you know, I played a huge, I did a lot of studies when it comes to marketing. And that's also one of my biggest frustrations too, is what society continues to put their focus on in marketing which is these unhealthy habits and these unhealthy supplements that society pretty much glorifies. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> and in yeah, a lot of people really at the end of the day, they'll buy into that. And then this is when you see that body positivity movement. To Oh, no. And, and again, I, this is going to come across, weird, but I want to take deep dive into this later to where, oh, I look like this because this is what I was told to do. Brian. They being, this is what they told me to do. They being social media, technology, big tech, whatever the case may be.
0: Right. And I mean, we, 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 we got, we got to break down everything. Cause we could talk about all, all <laughs> these bits and pieces, you know, for me, one of the big, the reason why I say supplementation is a problem, right. Is because what's happening is people are coming out with supplement lines, right. And they say, you can eat whatever you want. Just take the supplement every day for the next 30 days and you will drop significant body fat, right. Mm -hmm. And my thing is this, we all know how to lose weight or we should know we lose weight by having uh, lower calories and burning off more. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is some of these supplementations or some of these channels, I should say, I'm not going to talk about supplements right now, but Mm -hmm. these channels and influencers, you know, you you see them eating pizza and cake and, and cheeseburgers. And you see them with the flat stomach, the six pack that you want, the the, the beautiful chest and the arms. Right. And they said you can eat whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Just do just follow these simple guidelines. And my problem is that's false information because we all know you're not supposed to be eating double cheeseburgers. If you're trying to lose Absolutely. weight, you're not supposed to eat a whole box of pizza. That's a cheap meal or a mm-hmm. cheap day if you want to do that. You know, I'm all about cheap meals, but. I think what we're doing is people are false leading people to buy their products. They're not giving people to care. It was like, um, I remember a couple of years ago, there was a influencer who she, she made the news. She was selling programs but she never gave anybody results or even the programs itself. So she was Mm -hmm. making like a hundred dollars per client. I'm sure you probably know who she is,
1: but I think, I think, I I think so.
0: Yeah. And then she made like a whole YouTube video crying about how she lost all her following and her money. But this is the thing that we're seeing is that everybody got a program, but it's not customized for your client. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you will approach one like me, who's a fitness veteran, quote unquote. I mean, I'm still a young dude. So I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. But you, you will have to approach everybody's, you know, uh, approach to fitness different. You know, I'm 6'3", 250 pounds. I'm not going to follow the same, you know, program as someone who's just started and it's 5'10 and 190. And that's the issue is that everybody's just, oh, you got to do this and don't work. That's not the case. Some people have a hard time losing weight. Some people lose weight like it's no tomorrow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And but there's just a lot of misinformation. And I, I think Instagram influencers and YouTubers who are given this false information is making fitness harder for people. Do you, do you agree with that? Or maybe I'm just being a little too hard mm-hmm. on them.
1: No, you're right. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And I think they do deserve to be kind of hard on and held accountable because I mean, like I said, at the beginning of this, man, it's like you're playing with people's lives it's people's health, especially, you know, I recently had a situation to where I was working with um, a client who was a pretty big influencer. Who I won't say names just for legal protection stuff, but she was working with me and she was working with another trainer because she was based off of LA. So I was helping her uh, virtually, and I was like, I was looking at this quote-unquote trainer who owned a gym, and I mean, she looked like she had a couple surgeries. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to discredit her. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm very Snoopy. So I went down this rabbit hole and I was looking at her training clients and I like, I had to put my phone down just because I was so angry at watching her train other people just because I would see like how she was coaching people or how these clients were doing these exercises. I'm like, she's about two reps away from getting hurt. You know what okay. I mean? So, it, it, And it's exactly that. I like to say like, Hey, a lot of these fake fitness influencers who do have these six packs and these 20 inch arms, a lot of the times you're going to hear, Hey, this worked for me. That's the key thing. And that's what I like to use to kind of identify that as like, Hey, this worked for me, but it's like, you know, everybody it's not thick and thin. It's not black and white. Everyone's not cut from that cloth. And also what I like to tell people is to, is a lot of the stuff that's like the programs and all that, a lot of the stuff that's marketed isn't really for that person's best interest, unless they're sitting across from you, unless they're to know you, they're talking to you. If you're just listening to some dude or some girl on the TV or on an Instagram IG clip, then no, that's not in your best interest. They don't know you. They don't know what you're trying to do. They don't know your past experience. Like why would you listen to them just because they have all of these things, just because they have everything that you want or that you think should be easy to get or that you think you should have. Does that make sense? I hope that
0: makes sense. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, I, I've been, I've been into fitness since college
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it was one of those things I overlooked in high school. I wish I would've started in high school. I used to look at gyms like, why do people go right? I could just yeah. walk outside. And then I grew a love for, you know, CrossFit weightlifting. Um, I've never been into bodybuilding, but I've always been intrigued with that.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: one of the big key things to it with everything it's like you said, it works for me. Mm-hmm. You no, know, people say, "Oh, you gotta do keto, to lose weight. You gotta do, uh, you know, you gotta cut out fats to lose weight. You gotta eat less protein." It's so many different, you know, strategies and options that people mm-hmm. have to choose from, and I think it does a do deli- it does a disservice to people when you tell them constantly you can eat whatever you want, or you have to follow this strict regimen to get mm-hmm. to that point. And one of the things I'm noticing is a lot of these influencers, like you said, aren't looking out for your best interests, right? They, they, yeah. They're trying to fan up their pockets, which, I mean, I understand. It's a hustle. We all know. Um, but I think the issue is, like you said, it's not tailored to the client. And mm-hmm. if you're going to have person if you're going to do personal training or offer online coaching, then you have to do that. You can't just sell massive programs and say, hey, just pay me $50 a month and we'll get you, to where you need to go mm-hmm. it, you have to be more specific and you have to you know actually figure out what somebody's doing because like i said you know everybody's body types are different everybody's uh you know just bodies different so me and you won't have the same effect on on when it comes to training Absolutely. and one of the th- and one of the things too um about personal training i noticed i remember th- this this had upset me i saw this woman she was Person training somebody, okay, and the form was terrible. They was doing deadlifts. His back was arched. I, mm. I mean, that the, the bar was away from his shins, and I'm seeing him pick it up. And it wasn't super heavy weight, right? It was something comfortable. Yeah. But I'm just like, yo, my god, he's about to snap his back.
1: It's Cringe! It's cringeworthy.
0: And and um, when she walked away, I told him, I was like, yo, bro, you, you got to pull the bar closer, and you got to straighten out your back. You can't be slouching like that. And I think that's the issue too. When people see this kind of nonsense, just like, why, why Why would I pay you for that? I, you know, I could just go on YouTube and, you know, look at, you know, Anna, Angelina Jolie's workout and I can do it that way. Right. But again, I think the the premises for me is it has to be tailored for you or it just works for me. I can't say because it works for me, it's going to work for 5 million people. Cause like I said, everybody's approach to fitness is different. Um, what, what do you think about, you know, Instagram and YouTube and all these fitness diets and or, you know, um, not fitness diets, but diet plans and you have to do this one way to
1: lose weight or you have to do this other way? What do you think? You, you said something I want to touch on it real quick. So you like kind of to that same point, because it does ruin it for the trainers who are in it, you know, for the long game, you know, to help others to make an impact it ruins it in the sense of, you know, when we are looking for clients, when we are doing outreach, if that question does come up, it's like, well, I can just Google some of this stuff. Well, you can, but that's not really the point. You know what I mean? Kind of like to what you said. I mean, with this information on Instagram, I mean, it's just kind of the same concept of just like people want instant gratification. They want instant results. They, I mean, I know it's cliche about like, you know, at the end of the day, what you get put in is what you put out. For some reason, that's not really, that's looked at as like not accurate in today's generation. Am I I mean, I might be wrong saying that, but for some reason, like when I cite, when I say to someone, Hey, you got to put in the work to get the results. That's just like, people look at me like I'm crazy. I mean, that's what it feels like. That's, and kind of to the sum of that point too, is like, I've had experiences like that, where I've seen someone, being like, I saw a trainer, I saw a trainer training someone and I'm watching their form. And I'm just like, what, like either in person or on G and I'm just like cringing. It's like, what are they doing? Like, what's the purpose of that? Like, that looks like you're going to, you know, you're going to tear your hamstring or you're going to rupture a hernia. You're going to get a hernia or tear a SI joint or whatever the case may be. And it's like, that's why a lot of the things that I'm doing right now with this, you know, I'm going through a big energy trains to where I am transitioning to focusing just on social media to kind of bring awareness to some of that. Because, again, it's two sides of the spectrum. It's either, you know, you've got these trainers who are, it's two different corners of the club. You've got these trainers who are glorified because of their looks, their fitness models. Being a fitness model is different than being an actual trainer and working one-on-one to help change someone's life. So, I mean, it's kind of like to that, man. Anything that you see, and this is to anyone listening, anything that you see on social media, unless they're sitting one-on-one across from you, they're not, they don't know you. They're not looking for your best interest. Why would you, why would you take that advice unless they have those credentials? Right. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, one of the things too, with these influencers and people with money is they have the resources to get what they need. That's why when they advocate, Oh, you got to get this go to this website and you could order all these custom meals for the mm-hmm. month. And then you see the price is like $800. Of course they can do that. Cause you know, you're, you know, they make money doing what they do. Oh,
1: yeah. and,
0: and the issue is it's just so flooded with nonsense. like, I remember I watched this one YouTube video about losing weight. Right. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes I just like to see what other people say. And we all know if you want to lose weight, Doing bicep curls and isolation workouts ain't going to do it. You can't do so, you know, shoulder press, mm-hmm. you know, three times a week and expect to drop five pounds. I mean, that's just unrealistic. And I think, again, it goes to the, the supplement market and just mm-hmm. false information. I think it becomes just such a, a cash cow for so many people that they don't care about your results. They don't care about, you know, what you want to achieve in, you know, 30 days to 60 days. They just care about how much you can pay them. And I think, again, it it, it really goes down to the fact that all of these people have a platform and Mm -hmm. they need to do better on actually educating people. Like I said, you can't sit on the couch, eat McDonald's all day, Mm -hmm. walk, you know, for five minutes and maybe do a couple burpees and expect to lose weight. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Right.
1: They gotta um, educate themselves at the end of the day too. That's the biggest thing. I'm gonna bet you any of those influencers they don't they don't know what they're talking about. I, it's funny too because a couple months ago I did see a workout program that was like, oh, buy you know seven dollars the big muscle muscle growth program, and I bought it and I actually like I did a cross search and this program I found in like six different like links from like Men's Health, WebMD, so it's like. Yeah. it Like, it, it just baffles me. I, and again, it's kind of like a two way street. Again, that's why there's people like me who's trying to kind of bridge the gap, who is trying to bring awareness to these issues. But I mean, yeah, they have money and I'm willing to bet you most of that money is from something else or that they saved some of the money that they have to build this platform. I, I, I would take a bet that it's not really from fitness. I'm willing to bet it's from something else. And and this is something that i had to learn working in you know three different corporate gyms in a year if you go and sit with executives who like own these big big name gyms if you go and sit with them and just take a good look at them like you don't have to say say anything to them but if you look at them you'll kind of understand where this dynamic comes from right that's the big thing
0: yeah and i just i you know for me if anybody takes something from what i'm saying this do your research and figure mm-hmm. out what you need. Cause I remember, you know, the two channels I use uh, a couple years ago when I was in college, I think it was sophomore year. I had to drop 60 pounds. I, it was just no, I was walking around above 300 pounds. I couldn't do it. And I used to follow buff dudes, uh, leveling mm-hmm. TV. They don't, they're not as big as they used to, but they, you know, they still do it. And athlete next, Those was the three channels I, I followed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I had people, in the gym that were more seasoned and and understood it. But again, I think their approach was more about building muscle and not about what I needed. So, you know, I used to watch these channels and I lost 60 pounds in like, you know, 90 days following a program. And I think the key to everything is diet. It is like 85% diet, 15% fitness, because Mm -hmm. when you think about 24 hours of a day, we spend more time, you know, at work. You know, being home with the family, you know, watching kids, right? So what you eat in the kitchen is very important. And I think the the issue is a lot of these YouTubers and Instagrammers and influencers don't stress that. You know, they tell you go to the gym six days a week. They don't tell you about recovery. They don't tell you about sleep. And they don't specify how important diet is. Like I said, you, you can't order, you can't Uber eat three times a week. Domino's. Papa John's, McDonald's, Burger King, and expect to lose weight because all that work you're doing in the gym, you're putting it right back into your system and much at a, a worse pace. So you step on a scale, you expect to lose three pounds, you gain 10. And now you, you, you feel like, what's the point of me going to the gym when I'm not losing any weight? So, uh, you know, for me, that's the key thing. And at leads to body positivity, right? We could yep, talk. Right. Let, 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 let's get into this, because I mean, let's
1: it, do it, man. I'm sure, I'm sure we
0: both we we both on the same wavelength on this. Yeah, yep. So, yep. <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to upset nobody here, right? I, I'm not trying to upset nobody here, but oh
1: man, let's talk about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God, I'm 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 about to I'm about to get my head blown off here. Oh um, man. this body positivity movement is absolutely insane! Absolutely mm. insane. And I think it does us way more of a disservice than anything, right? Mm-hmm. I watch, you know, I, I, I see other countries, right? And they talk about it. And one of the common things I remember um, when I was in school, there was an Italian, uh, you know, straight from Italy, These are all study abroad students. yeah, From Italy, Germany, France, and Russia. And I remember I was talking to them. And one of the big things they said was how fat we are. How fat Americans are because we eat so much. I mean, they you know a pancake was the size of their head. It was like, what, what is this? I don't need to eat three of these. Yeah, this body positivity movement is doing a big damn disservice to our country, mm-hmm. where you have to you know this beauty at every size. Absolutely. Look, I'm not saying just because you're over 300 pounds you're not beautiful, but to say that you're healthy and to tell people that they should aspire to look that way. I mean, let yeah. me, let me ask you, what do, what do you think about it? What do you think about it?
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, <laughs> I see it all the time, man. Um, and, and let me, let me preface this with, I love the fact that people are embracing themselves and they don't feel bad because one of my biggest complaints with commercial fitness and the fitness industry right now is these big corporations capitalize off people's insecurity, which leads to, you know, mental health and, you know, just a complete damage of that. There, there is a flip side to that though. So I think again, it's two sides of the spectrum. There's no real in between that's glorified because you do have those people where it's like, you're right. You should aspire to be like me. And, I'm watching it like, no, you shouldn't. (laughs) Like, because because you're right. I mean, and and that's another thing I see too, is just like, like, you know, a lot of people will make excuses for it. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're gonna do what you're gonna do. You're gonna live how you wanna live. What you do with your life is up to you. What you do with your body is up to you. Same thing with me and vice versa. We're just gonna let the world go around. But everyone has a platform at the end of the day, no matter whether you have 10 followers, hundred followers, a million followers everyone has a platform which means automatically everyone has an influence right and at the end of the day yes you love yourself yes you're you're happy with who you are you know you're in a good headspace. that's awesome to normalize that body type or to, to say like hey this is okay this is going to be good for you and the reason why it's targeting at such a younger age is because you don't really see some of the health repercussions that come with that you right. know what i mean so it's like you're doing your platform you're doing your following a huge disservice if you are true and and it's not like it's not so out there you know you see it every day it's like you're not doing it you're not doing your platform any good by saying you should look like me like this should be this should be the new type this should be the new body type this should be what we are are going for why (laughs) like it, it's not good i mean it's good that you love yourself and again it's up to you but you know let's call a spade a spade it's not you know it's not okay i think lizzo was one that i was
0: recently oh, you know. <laughs> oh god so,
1: and, and this is because it was this was one thing that kind of set me off a little bit because lizzo was on that bo- po- body positivity trend which is cool i mean it is what it is i mean her music's all right. Um, But what happened was she started like posting IG clips of her, like working out, she was running, she was doing pushups, she was getting a trainer. And the, the comments from that was just, do you know what I'm like saying? Like the comments from that were just insane. They're like, people were trying to cancel her, basically saying she was a fraud, like this isn't who you are. It's like, no, you, I, what I tell people is this, you have to love, love your body so much. To be able to change it for the better, if if that's what you really want to do, that's what I'm that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, if you if that's not what interests, because some people are just like, that's just not in my interest, like, I I don't care about it, and it's like, that's fine, that's up to you, you know, everyone has their decisions, but it's like to normalize it and to say, like, this should be the new standard. No, it's it's disgusting,
0: right? And my thing, Lizzo, uh, Tess Holiday, my thing is. I'm not calling them ugly I'm not saying you can't you you can't love yourself I'm not saying that what I'm saying is we have to stop normalizing obesity right mm-hmm. you telling people oh being five five and 320 pounds is you love yourself no like when you go to the doctor and even you know you know that being that heavy isn't good you know when I was 300 pounds I was slow I was sluggish I mm-hmm. didn't like the way I looked in my shirts and you know gummut uh you know, stomach hanging, face drooping. I didn't look good. And, I, you know, when I look pictures back, I'm like, I, I'm glad I decided to to lose weight because I I was just not, I was not looking good. I didn't feel good. My asthma was all over the place. And then when I took the initiative to just lose weight, I felt so much better with myself. You know, I, every day I don't have to use my asthma pump no more. I'm not struggling, you no know, walking up the steps. And I think that is the issue I'm having is that this idea of body positivity and, oh, also accept obesity. No, like we have Don't to accept. stop doing that, right? We, we, we just have to stop. We as people over the last hundred years are just way bigger and fatter than we normally was. And it's because of fast food. It's because of all the processed food that we eat. And I think it's just a lack of accountability, in I, My part, I think it is, you know, people always say, oh, you know, I tried all these diet plans and it didn't work. So, you know, why should I continue? And it's like the key to everything is. Responsibility, you know, you can't follow other people, you know, these celebrities that make millions off of being that body size. Of course, a lot of them aren't going to lose weight because they know that's where their money comes from. Mm-hmm. But even then, you still see. You see, Lizzo, you see a bunch of them now are getting personal trainers. Why? Because they realize when you're 35, 40, 45, being that big ain't, I mean, it's going to get, it's going to be even worse. So, you've seen this time and time again with celebrities, you know, they come into Hollywood or they come into stardom, you know, plus size, you know, that's what we're calling obesity now, plus size, no offense, but, um, and then you see them over the years from Adele to, you know, just a bunch of them, they lose weight and they realize I feel much better and much happier when I'm smaller. And I always tell people that it's like, you could be big, you could be small, you could be whatever you want, but truly evaluate your happiness. You know, you're saying that you're happy with being, you know, plus size, quote unquote. But do you really, when you wake up in the morning, do you feel good about yourself? Do you feel energized? Do you have any health conditions? I think that is the key thing. And for me, this body positivity thing is just a way for people to make money. You know, they tell you you can look any size and every size and we have to accept every size. It, it, it's all nonsense. I, I, I Really, I'm not saying you have to walk around like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Chris Hemsworth because I don't, you know, but mm-hmm. just take care of yourself. You know, like I said, you, five, five, 300 pounds is not good, man or woman. That, that's just absolutely terrible. And I think this whole movement is doing a bigger disservice for the, the the life of our country and for ourselves than anything. Am I being wrong or too hard? Or?
1: And, and it's funny how this all connects. You gotta think about it from both sides, right? You got kind of like we talked about in the beginning, you got these super in-shape dudes who don't know anything, and then you got the people who do support body positivity. Yes, they may have the respective movements, and no discredit to them because they're going to get their money and run their business the way they best they, the way they see best fit. But they're the one like who was just recently on the cover of Vogue. Was it Lizzo?
0: Yeah. Oh uh, no, it was uh, Megan The Stallion, I think.
1: I Megan think. The, Before that, there was a there was a plus size. Person. Oh, oh, Tess Holiday. Tess Holiday, that's who it was. You got Tess Holiday on the cover of Vogue, and then you got. Um, you know that's starting to become a thing where you know these big news media platforms are starting to profit off that and then you know you got these people who are in shape where you know people who are fitness models they're profiting on that too it's just a way to make money these marketers at these companies whether it's gyms whether it's media they're gonna market the way they best see fit they're not gonna look out for i mean it, 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 let's call a spade a spade. They're not looking out for what is best and what message they're trying to convey. They're going to like, what is going to get the most, what is going to bring us in the most money? Like what is going to attract people? How can we attract the youth? That's just at the end of the day, what it is. It's like you said, it's a good way for, you know, people are profiting off it and it is what it is. But at the end of the day, kind of like you said, some people answer that question. Like when they, they, they say, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it because they don't realize what's on the other side. And it's like, again, I, for me, <clears throat> excuse me, for me, before I went to college, I was playing football in college and I was bulking up. And at the time I didn't really know anything about nutrition and bulking up and performance. So I was just eating a crap ton that summer. I didn't have the ideal summer body. Same. And, I think- <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think I was up, I, w- I started the summer about 260. That's when I signed. And by the time I went to college, within that two months, I jumped up to 285, 290. Um, And that was just me eating everything, everything I could get my hands on. You know, I was working at Starbucks at the time, trying to make some money to save for college. And I would just, whatever I could get my hands on, I ate it. What came with that was super high blood pressure, close to like where I had to take medication, Um, metabolic issues, uh, heart issues. I couldn't sleep, Uh, snoring, uh, close to uh, like a, what am I thinking of? Like sleep, uh this, this was like, what am I thinking of? Epna, I think it's Epna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I was close to having to get a sleep test because I was having sleep apnea. Um, one of the things that was, that came with that, that was most annoying that came with like the high blood pressure was every like hour I would get a bloody nose just because of that. It's annoying. So it's like a lot of people, unfortunately, they don't know that other side. So they can't say like, Oh no, I want to be like this just because they see it as really just a look. They don't know what that really feels like. So it's like, when they take that initiative and they realize and it's like hey it doesn't have to be like a punishing experience like it's not like it's not like a negative i'm gonna scold you because you are this size and you know you're unhappy it's like okay I, I give more courage to the people who are like, hey, I'm not happy with myself. I'm not happy with the way that I look or simply who just say, I don't know what's going to be on the other side. I've never been there, but I want to get a taste of it and I want to be happier. Those people have the most courage, in my opinion, when they are able to kind of realize and own up to it. Um, but at the end of the day, you also run into the people who are just like, they don't care. I, they don't care. And that's fine. That's on them. Um, but I attribute that to, again, they just don't know. Right. And
0: my only thing with the, you know, fitness and body positivity is it's all about the consumer, right? That it's Mm -hmm. not just affecting the consumer. You're putting negative thoughts in people's minds. That is okay to eat whatever you want, bulk up all day. And then, you know, hopefully you'll lose that weight in the same amount of time. We all know losing weight is, I mean, you can gain weight way faster than losing weight. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think this body positivity movement, like you said, it's a great thing i think we have to start you know showing diverse body types not everybody wants to walk around jacked and the swole or at six percent body fat i mean that's just a lot of people aren't going to be built for that or have a lifestyle for that you know if you work in the office all day you don't want to look like chris hemsworth because what's the point yeah, um <laughs> But oh, I, I, I'm just saying, if you yeah. wear a suit and tie, I'm sure you want to look good. But you don't really care about having a six pack. Um, not uh, not to generalize. I'm just saying oh, hypothetically. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, there are good things that come with it. But the problem is, like you said, the obesity is. We have to stop glorifying that. Like you said, blood pressure, uh, you know, cancer, uh, all of these health risks that comes with being overweight and obese. That's why your doctor always says when you come in. They always check your weight and your height to see Mm -hmm. if it matches up. I'm not saying the BM scale is the BMI scale is the most accurate, right? Because they call me overweight, uh, obese. But for me, I have a lot of muscles, so it doesn't register. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that they say, hey, you know, your blood pressure is high. Your cholesterol is not looking good. You're going to have to get in shape, brother. Like, you're going to have to start picking up some weights and, you know, watching, you know, eat some more collard greens or, you know, spinach. Yeah. Do that. What we're doing now is telling people, don't care about the advice. Don't care about what the doctors tell you. Embrace who you are as a person. And the, the problem that we're going to do is you're telling young people that eating, you know, cupcakes and donuts in the morning for breakfast and lunch and dinner don't worry about it. As long as you love who you are, you'll be fine. It's not it's not going to do any it's going to do more harm than than positivity. Cuz mm-hmm. when you wake up at 30 years old and you suffer a heart attack because you're eating all this junk, that's the issue. And that's my only reason why I say we have to stop glorifying obesity. Cause nothing good comes from obesity. Nobody feels good being obese. I mean, has anybody watched Six Hundred Pound Life? <laughs> right. How <laughs> are that, they portrayed? You know, exactly. And I'm sure none of them, if they would create an Instagram and said, "Oh, love yourself," I'd be like, "Stop mine," because you can't even get out of bed yourself. Not to mm-hmm. be harsh or mean, but we have to be real. We have yeah. to be real that this is certain expectation our body has it doesn't mm. it doesn't want to be holding all this access body fat or weight that it doesn't need because it puts strain on your heart and, and your brain and your liver and all that all you just bodily functions not to you know get people grossed out but yeah, i just i just get turned off from it
1: it's true though a lot of people you know a lot of things that i see it's you know i see videos where it's like how to like A video I can't like really before this interview, a video I came across on my TikTok was how to deny getting your weight checked at the doctor. And while I get it and while I get it, weight may not tell the full story. And you're right. BMI is not really a good. and, And for people listening, BMI, the only real indicator that it is is risk of future disease and even then it's not accurate a lot of doctors use bmi i think if you want to look at like a real close look at your body composition um body fat percentage is probably the best way to go um that's really going to kind of break your body in half of like how much how much muscle do you really have how much fat do you really have Blah, blah 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 but that's that's a side point but that was like a video i saw it's like how to like say no thank you i don't want to get my weight checked why (laughs) you know what I mean it's like (laughs) right like what's the point like like I get it and I think this again this all comes full circle in regards to how the fitness industry is marketing at these people and it's like almost it's like a verbal attack kind of way it's like look at you you don't and it's not it's not an old school method I saw it during my time while working at commercial gyms it's like look at you Like you, you, you are overweight. You don't look good. You need this. You need that blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, if you market to people like that, people are going to fight back. People are going to get defensive. I think it does kind of go both ways, but like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just all consumer facing and you know, 600 pound life. Those, those people that are on that show make money from being 600 pounds. Exactly. They make money from that. There there's monetary value in that. And in a capitalistic society, That is the most important thing. So that's, I mean, both ends of the spectrum, a lot of people who are in these positions of power right now, that's all they look at. That's what it is.
0: You know what it comes down to? And now that I think about it, it's rewarding bad behavior. This goes beyond uh, just the fitness industry, but we reward bad behavior. You know, when you want a 600 pound life, biggest loser and all of these, you know, fitness shows, quote unquote, Mm. they getting paid to be that size. So that's why a lot of them, they lose weight. And then when the show airs and they don't get the media attention no more, what happens? They put the weight back on because they're not being recognized anymore. You know, the, the appeal wasn't just for them. Now, let me just say, not all of them did these shows for fame. I'm not saying that. Oh, yeah, of course. But I'm saying that some of those people got so accustomed to that lifestyle. And then, you know, you get on national TV, everybody recognize you for being, you know, Joe Schmo, who's you know, 350 pounds. And then, you know, you get a little famous, you get paid for media, you get paid to talk about your experience. Mm-hmm. And then when you, the clout and the, and the media dies down, you go right back to eating. You go right back to sitting on the couch all day. And I think that's just the, the, the biggest thing is rewarding bad behavior. I watched a commercial the other day and it was, I I, I, I understood what they were trying to go into. They were again, trying to promote body positivity. Mm-hmm. I'm not one to say you have to be thin. You have to be skinny. I'm not, I'm not in- attracted to that. Right. Yeah. But this, this video was, I mean, I get what they were doing, but the execution of it was just not, like, it was just terrible. Like, the, you saw a bunch of rolls and protruding stomachs, and I was just, I, I don't want to give away the name. I'm sure if people yeah, see it, yeah. they'll know what I'm talking about. But it's like, why? Like, I get it. You want to promote body positivity, but why? Like, you couldn't just find somebody who's just normal, you know, someone who just... <sighs> I don't know. I think that, 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 goes with the movement that we're in. It's like, you you can look good at all sizes. I personally don't think so. And I think it's a fallacy to say that mm-hmm. you can be comfortable with yourself. If that's, if that's what you want to do, Phil, you know, love your body, mm-hmm. loving your body and taking care of your body is two different things. Absolutely. You can love your body, but being, like I said, 600 pounds, isn't taking care of your body. Mm-hmm. So I think we conflate the two and I think we reward the bad behavior of people who get famous for, you know, being bigger. Mm -hmm. And essentially what happens is when they are bigger, Tess Holliday, for instance, her career is based off her being plus size. Again, I hate that word plus size because now we're telling obese people they're plus size. No, it's just no. Um, But anyway, she's made a career off of being heavy. I mean, no knock against her. I'm not telling her to, she has to lose weight. I understand this money that she she's making from that. Go right ahead,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: she will notice and I, she talked about this too where sometimes she do wake up and she she's worried that one day she's gonna pass away before her son grows up because of her size, so I just look at it as as the money worth the hell for us is it's mm-hmm. the fame, the glory the the cash, the cars. Is worth you possibly dying at a young age and not seeing your kid grow up just because of this image you want to portray? And- That's
1: making other people money outside of yourself. You're making those other people money who are doing these commercials, who are doing these shows. That's, I think a lot of people really don't understand that aspect too. It's like people, you're seeing this because it's a new wave. People, like, this is a big thing. And This is my frustration with, yes, it's making a lot of people a lot of money. So, yes, it's going to be continued to be put out there just because it makes a lot of people a lot of money doesn't mean it's okay. Like it. And this is a huge and I'm not comparing the two, of course, but like if for some reason, like racism came back and was a huge thing. And for some reason, young people and generation before me like gravitated toward that. And that was like a trend and people started marketing towards that. And again, I'm not comparing the two. But let's kind of look at what it is. You know what I mean?
0: Right. It's a, it's a balance. It's a balance. It's a hundred percent balance. And I think what we're what we're seeing from all aspects of the fitness industry is extremes. It's either you have to starve yourself and eat bland chicken and rice and vegetables three, mm-hmm. you know, five times a day, or you can eat cheeseburgers and pizza and all of this. Just take these these supplements. Mm-hmm. It's too it's too much. Of a discrepancy in the information, and I think that's the issue we're running into with all these influencers. The body positivity is, we're not giving people—I should say—they're not giving people the information that that they need. You know, mm-hmm. I had to go through this journey by myself and really learn throughout the ways. I've met, you know, I've met CrossFit coaches, I've met bodybuilders, I've met professional athletes, and one of the things I always took away from it was discipline. And the willpower, you know, it's it's so easy to buy a box of pizza and, and shove it down your face, and then go do some deadlifts and think everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. That's not what is going to get you results. It will get you results. It's just not going to be the results that you want. Yeah. And I think I, you know, the fitness industry, and you know, just the fitness industry altogether, isn't giving people the information that they want. They just giving them that they 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 want to hear. And mm-hmm. now. They're getting their pockets fat. You know, they, they're they able to buy all, all these luxurious items because they're giving people false prophecies about programs that won't work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, Amen. and let, let me let me ask you about that.
1: Okay.
0: I feel like the fitness industry nowadays is making it harder for women, especially. Because, mm-hmm. do you know, guys, we either we work out or we just don't care, right? We don't really care about our appearance too much. I do, you know, obviously, because, you know, my career is more into the, the camera side Dude. of things. But I feel like there's more pressure on women. And I think it's unfair, you know, the beauty standards, the, the pressure for women to look a certain way. You know, when you look at throughout history, it was always the skinny, tall, you know, slim cheekbones, you know, everything skinny, you know, and physique. Actually. And I feel like for women, it's probably going to be a lot harder for them because there's a lot of false information. When you go on Instagram, most of the programs that women put up, hey, I like to look at them. I'm not going to say not. But what is it? It's them doing butt workouts. And that's it. They don't pick up any weights. They only do cardio. It's... What do you think about that? Do you think it's harder for women, especially with this, with the way fitness is gone now?
1: Um, I think so. And I, it goes back, right. You know, quick history lesson. I won't, you know, make it too long, but history lesson fitness and this gent, like this thing of health clubs really started in like the 1950s where it became commercialized. And what it was, was beach body women, beach body men, right? Those are the people who went to the gym. Those are the people who ran the gym. Those are the people you never saw. It was either thick or thin at the end of the day. And again, a lot of the ways that these commercial gyms are running these businesses continue to be outdated from that time. But what's happening now is a lot of people, I mean, it's just a psychological thing. We want to be in pods where we think we fit in, where we think I can identify with these people. Right. when they walk into the gym for the first time, they don't identify. They don't like look at the body's like, I don't look like anybody here. I got some work to do and it's very uncomfortable. And then on top of that, you have you know these aggressive salesmen, these pushy trainers who are running these gyms who are making that experience less negative and make these people basically devalue their worth at the end of the day and make it almost like a punishment in regards to going to the gym, working out. There's no positive experience. I think at the end of the day, there is a huge gap between how men feel going into the gym and how women feel approaching the gym and how both are approached by these gyms and supplement companies and all of that. And I think a lot of work needs to be done be done, because again, there's a lot more at stake. And right now, obesity, I believe the number right now, its there's been an 80% increase since 2000. So I think now more so than ever, there needs to be a huge shift in how businesses in the health and fitness industry run their ship. Right.
0: And the reason why I ask you that is when I see Instagram, right, mm-hmm. I see the workouts. I see the influences, especially the women.
1: Yeah.
0: There's some that are bomb. They're too many to name. I follow a couple of them. They do. I mean, they be tearing it up. I've seen them do better workouts than the men do, right? Yeah. And they just be destroying the ways they be, you know, out there, you know, doing their thing. And I think the reason why I mentioned it was because when it comes to women, right, they tell they tell women you have to have the flat stomach, you know, the big butt, the nice hips, the the, the, the nice legs. Mm-hmm. There's so much emphasis on their appearance. And I think that's why there's such a beauty standard when it comes to, you know, Instagram, when it comes to social media, when it comes to modeling and when it comes to everything for mm-hmm. women is because they tell you, oh, you have to look this way. You, you have to have a big butt to, to get work. And you see it. I'm sure you've seen it too. And I'm sure pretty much anybody listening can agree. Go on Instagram and look at Discovery. Most of the workouts is just booty workouts. You don't see a drop of weight. You don't see very, you see very few deadlifts. And if, it, if there is just like very little weight. And I think it does a disservice, especially for a lot of women, when they see these kind of women looking at, looking at way that they have to feel that way. And a lot of women talk about that where they get uncomfortable sometimes. You know, you go on social media and you see a, million, a thousands of women, you know, looking nice. You know, everything is tight. Everything is toned. Everything looks good. They want to look like that too. And I think the reason, I think the difference, like you said, is men and women. Men are more, yeah, he looks cool. I could care less. I'm going to drink my beer later when I get home anyway, right? We, we have a very... Either I'm going to the gym or I just don't care attitude. And for women, our society just tells them you have to look this way. You have to look good. You have to look skinny. You have to look fit. You have to look toned. It's too much demand. Um, In that sense, do you think the fitness industry has to do women better justice?
1: Uh, Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of the things about how they approach um women versus men and what's kind of systematic in the business model when it comes to the sales and everything and the marketing techniques I think all of that needs to change um you know and now you're starting to see these women only gyms which I think could I think that's also kind of a step backwards in a sense um but I do like like the idea of just like hey we're gonna market only to women because there is a this service dysfunction. But I really think at the root of what's going on, how these sales and these marketing tactics are being used upon people in general, especially women, because women are more affected by it. It needs to be like 180. The shit needs to run and we need to make it more modernized because again, these commercialized fitness clubs that started in the 50s are bringing these business tactics to 2021.
0: Right, right. And Like I said, the only reason why I bring a woman is when you look at the, you know, a lot of these commercials, uh, when it comes to uh, just all of them, what is it? It's always women, you have to look this way. Take the eat this meal plan, you'll look this way. Do these booty workouts, you'll look this way. And I understand, as men, you know, they always told, we always talk about, you know, lat, uh, the, you know, chest, arms, you know, leg day, don't skip leg day. I'm not saying there's no emphasis on man. I I think we all trying to look good for the ladies, you know. I'm not, but the only different, the only reason why I push back on the ladies' gym is now the gym is going to be a sausage fest. It, it's right, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be no girls. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Like I'm not trying to be around a bunch of you know dudes all day, yeah. but uh, but like you said, like it, it is true. You know, my gym is is a private owned gym. Uh, it's a chain, but it's private, so it's not a commercial. Well, it probably is. Mm-hmm. um But a lot of like the gold gems and stuff You see The, the aggressive attitude Right and mm-hmm. when you see the women That work there oh my god You be like Can <laughs> I get your number like Yeah that, that's how like they, they, they force you now again like some dudes You know they look They decent looking you know I'm not saying that but A lot of them I mean they don't look Any different than me and you yeah, But the like- women oh Oh, oh, they look like Wonder Woman. They look like the latest superhero out of the comic book. That's uh, the marketing technique. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me, so what do you think is the solution to this? Because I don't think it's going to change. I think because of all this false information and all the, the cash grabs in the fitness industry, it's going to take years and years to filter it out because... Unfortunately, Athlete Next is only one channel out of 50 on YouTube that actually give people great information. So, mm-hmm. people watch Athlete Next probably don't understand what he's saying because they're not, they're new to fitness or they're beginning. So, you know, when you go to other channels and you see people telling you, oh, if you want to look this way, you have to eat, you have to eat, you know, one, pa- uh, what is it, one gram of protein per body weight. Yeah. It's stuff like, oh, you got to do keto or you got to go to gym five, six days a week. You have to follow this this workout plan. You have to eat this way. I think the issue is, again, it's easier for me and you. People Absolutely. who are young don't have that many responsibilities. But when people have families, people got kids and wives and husbands, they got a career, they got a life. It's hard to tell people, oh, you have to go to gym five, six days a week for three hours. I, I think the issue is diet. Diet is the key thing to everything. You can Mm -hmm. work out all day, every day, burn all the fat and and water weight that you want. But if you don't have a great diet plan, if you, if your diet consists of a salad with some Pringles and Doritos and a couple cheeseburgers and and fast food, you're not going to see any results, any, and especially with the pandemic it's even worse. No mm-hmm. gyms are open or if they are open, there's only certain states and it's, it's limited capacity. So people are stuck at home and it, people are more inclined to bench eat and, you know, just sit on the couch and eat stuff. So, you know, for me, I do the intermittent fasting, you know, mm-hmm. just because I, I know I don't want to come out this pandemic having to lose like 70 pounds. I, I just don't want to. Yeah. So for me, you know, I do 22 to 24 hours a, a day. And that's how I just keep my calories under control. So I'm not eating 4,000 calories, just sitting down all day. Now I do work out. It's not to the same extent that I used to because mm-hmm. the gyms is closed. I, it's not much variety, but I still have some weights. I still pick up the weights. I still go for run. I still work on my cardio. I do kickboxing and stuff. I think the fitness industry right now should target that because I don't see a lot of home workouts. I don't see a lot of, you know, things people can do outside. It's still gym, 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 mm-hmm. and I think it's it's not helping people. Especially it's been a year. I'm I'm worried about how people are coming out. You know, bad post- uh, posture, posture, uh, weight gain, uh, a lot of health issues. What do, what do you think is the solution? Before we get right back into the action, thank you for tuning in to another charismatic episode. And if you're also interested in sending in voice messages or donating. You can also do that as well. I would love to use the proceeds to go to a local food bank or a warmer house. And, um, you know, I can take up to, you know, $10,000. You know, I'm not going to complain. But yeah, thank you for tuning into another episode. Let me know your thoughts and opinions, what I can improve or something that you enjoy. And let's get right back to the action, shall we?
1: I think at the end of the day, right, what it comes down to is the people who are in power need to get out of power. Um, because I think the stand, well, I think the standard for the fitness industry is super low right now. I think for a lot of, I think the process to become a trainer, unless you intentionally like continue to grow on your education, it's a pretty low standard. Um, if there even is a standard at all, there's kind of like a, the line is kind of blurred. And I think these executives, I, I think there needs to be more people who understand fitness and understand the fitness industry and more importantly, understand people. Right. Um, right. My biggest piece of advice right now that I decided is if you, if personal trainers who are new to this industry are able to break away and start their own thing, then do that because you have more freedom. You have the freedom to market however you want. You can approach a larger, larger audience and your uh, market is way more wider. But if you are able to, that's the hard part too. You got to be able to learn how to have people skills and sympathize and understand what people Uh, You're not going to have someone who's breathing down your neck 24 seven. Hey, we got to hit quota. We got to do this. We got to do that. So my my biggest advice for trainers, if the trainers are able to break away from the corporate gyms and succeed on on their own, absolutely do it. That's number one. Uh, And again, like I said, number two, the people who are in these power positions at corporate gyms, from my experience, don't understand fitness and don't understand people just from my experience they're more so looking at the numbers and i get it it's a business at the end of the day you got to make money i understand but when you are devaluing the source of the income for the business that income goes away right so this whole approach and this business model if it could be more modernized and we can see more changes to hey we can market to people who don't want to go to the gym maybe there can be like a on the go business or something like that there's so many opportunities to completely modernize this industry in 2021 it's just a matter of who's in charge
0: yeah so like you were saying it's um i think the key to to everything is is diet and mm-hmm. and really for people be physical get up walk run you know, pick up weight, don't be afraid of weights. And I think the issue sometimes too, is tell, um, a lot of the industry, the fitness industry tell people you have to do one thing and not the other. You know, Mm. when people talk about losing weight, they say do cardio, but people, you know, don't understand that you can do weights and burn, you know, body fat and, and put on lean muscle as you lose weight. So when you lose weight, you're not just skinny, skinny fat as uh, you know, the term is, um, what do you think uh, is the, the, the thing that people can do? Do you think it's up to the fitness industry to change or do you think people have to approach fitness a different way?
1: I think both. Um, I think the perception of fitness in itself, uh, it needs to not be looked at as like a punishment. Like it needs to not be looked at as, if you need to lose weight, it doesn't need to be a bad thing. It doesn't need to be a bad experience. It's not negative that you need to lose weight or that you're going to the gym. Um, It should be a fun, positive experience. If that's something you want to do, if that's something you're starting your journey, I think our brains need to be rewired just logistically from that standpoint. Uh, And like you said, diet, diet is everything. Diet is 85% of one's success. Um, And there is no cookie cutter diet at the end of the day. There's nothing that there's not one thing that I could just put out to the airways and everyone's going to do it and everyone's going to be successful and they don't need to work out. It's going to depend on everybody. Everybody's body is different. Everybody's lifestyle is different. That needs to be catered to that. And if you're able to kind of find what that is, um, then you're going to be successful. And then lastly, I mean, there's so much science behind exercise and working out and what someone should do. But I think the biggest thing is like, if you are able to do something, at anything at all, something, anything at all to get started and to get moving and to get active again, do it. Capitalize on that opportunity. Go outside, you know, go for a run, do push-ups. You know, if you are able to get a gym membership, get a gym membership and just start, just start because then once you start, because that's always the hardest part for a lot of people. Yeah. Once you start, it's a lot more easier than when you do decide, okay, maybe I'm going to take it up a notch. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to create a solid workout routine. You're going to already have your foot in the ground, but just to start and just to get started and get your foot in the ground, it's going to make your journey a lot more, one, enjoyable, but two, easier.
0: Absolutely, 100%. And I think that's that's a great way to 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 kind of, you know, not put the people to sleep. Uh, <laughs> it's a, this This has been a great conversation. I think if anybody takes anything away from this conversation, is just be accountable and be and know what you want and how to get it. Do your research. because a lot of these people, the, the, you know the, the, the people with the millions of followers who, who built a career off of fitness and youtubers who just tell you fitness advice, a lot of them don't have your best interests at heart, right? They, they just mm. sell these programs and they try to get you to buy you know what they're selling. Because, you know, they're trying to get rich and I'm not here to stop them. Uh, There's always going to be a market for that. You know, they do what they do and they infiltrate it. And there's a lot of them to even, you know, try to, you know, weed it out. But do your research, understand fitness, understand what diet is, you know, understand how they work together. Because, you know, we we always talk about fitness, but we don't talk about diet, especially just as a society. Now, people say go to the gym, but you can go to the gym all you want. And like I said, you can't, what's the key word, key phrase, you can't outrun a bad diet, right? So you can run six miles a day, but if your diet is crap, you won't see any results. Um, Mm -hmm. any final words for you, man?
1: I think that's it. I think you hit the nail on the head when it comes to your health, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to your health, don't, 100%. You, at the end of the day, you can hire a personal trainer. You can hire a nutritionist. Those are encouraged. And that's an unbiased take from a personal trainer, right there.
0: <laughs> a little salad um, on your part. Yeah, right there.
1: <laughs> 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 No, but for, I mean, I think that's a good investment. If you find the right person, that's a good investment. Um, but at the end of the day, unless someone is sitting in front of you and they know you, they don't know you enough to put your best interests at heart. So, yes, do your research, look online, follow different people, grow your knowledge, grow your library, especially when it comes to your health, but truly understand and grab it and get the concept that you have your own best interest at heart. And the only one that can make a change and hold themselves accountable is you at the end of the day.
0: Right. And just one final thing for me, this a, this a YouTuber, Mike Rashid, and this ties into what you're saying. Mm-hmm. He, he does this thing, uh, uh the series with a dude named Mike. Okay. Um, one of his clients, he's a personal trainer and bodybuilder boxer, but one of the things I was taking away from that series is when Mike would train with him, he was there, he was present, he would follow the diet plans and stuff, but when he wasn't with him, he fell right back into the bad habits, so I think the key to this is accountability, hold yourself to accountability. If you want to lose weight, Put your, clean out your fridge, clean out your your cupboards, and Get those vegetables, get the protein, get your carbs, but make sure you had that lifestyle. You know, people like like you, Chris, and, and other person trainers, there is a need for you guys. And I'm not taking away anything from you guys. I think people, there's a lot of people who need help and it's nothing wrong with asking for help. Um, but my thing too is when people walk away from those sessions or when they go home, they continue having that mindset. So when things go wrong they don't blame you you know hold yourself to that standard
1: Absolutely. you know
0: and i think that's i think that's how as people we will get to a better you know place in society um but where people can find you chris because i know you you're mr moneymaker you are over here dealing with celebrities i'm looking i'm <laughs> wow. waiting for my five thousand dollars
1: um, well, I'm going to be listening to some new music tonight, but if you want to be, and I'll probably be live streaming that on my Instagram at Rabideau Fit, um, Rabideau, R-A-B-I-D-E-A-U. You can find me on IG, on Facebook, same thing, Rabideau Fit. Uh, TikTok is my biggest platform though. If you want to find me on TikTok at Rabideau underscore fit seven.
0: Ooh, uh, how many how many uh, followers you got on TikTok? I'm just curious.
1: Oh man, I'm I'm at seven I'm over 7,000. I'm over 7,000. And actually, that's a funny story. So, uh, quick story, my girlfriend actually cuz I told her I was like My biggest thing is like with me kind of going through this transition of going back to school and all that, I want to like have a huge social media following and I'm going to try to grow that. She literally, um, and if you go on my TikTok, I encourage everyone to go check it out. She literally made a whole TikTok account where she made like seven videos where she told my story, she told my background and she was able to get uh, like a good, like I think almost 8,000 followers on that TikTok. And my previous TikTok had like 200 followers or something. But she was able to edit these cool videos to talk about me. Um, and she did this whole thing. And it was super cool. I really, you know, I love her for that. Uh, and of course, you know, we lost a couple followers just because people follow her for the hype and it is what it is. But, you know, we she really helped me build a strong army. So uh, that's how kind of that TikTok. And if you go check it out, if anybody goes checks it out, go look at the first couple of videos, you'll kind of understand.
0: Oh man, TikTok. I, I gotta get back onto it. I, oh, I kind of fell off. I, <laughs> I, I got so many things I'm worried about that I just I, I'm just like a two followers, but I I don't care that much about TikTok. But um yeah, thank you, Chris. It, this Good was point. a great conversation, and I hope people learn something from you and from That's- me as well. I think at the end of the day, accountability, put down the cheeseburgers and the pizza yep. and pick up a salad and a couple of chicken breasts. Um, but thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Uh, great conversation, and like always say, a helping hand is a
1: better hand. Absolutely.